This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Up to let you know that today we'll be talking about legal issues and nothing today that is discussed in this podcast is to be taken as legal advice. If you do require legal advice, please seek it from the appropriate sources. Welcome to Babes Listen. You're joined by your hosts, Nat and Jess. Two fitness professionals from New Zealand authentically talking everything health and wellness. You're welcome. everybody today is part two of what Jess of chatting to the lovely Lily about law stuff <laughs> Lily the lawyer talking Hello, about Lily. law stuff I'm good <laughs> how are you are guys you glad to be back I'm so glad to be back I was so excited that you how wanted me to come find, back oh of course how did you find the first episode did you get any feedback from dad oh yeah 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 yes yes um dad big fan um, I think he's going to become a I'm regular a, listener. I'm a big fan of his too because <laughs> I so I put a question box out on Instagram and he responded saying, "Is it true that Lily got her brains and her looks from her mother?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I just love that he's like Aww. complimenting rather than being like from me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, throwing him, throwing himself under yeah. the bus. Yeah, Aww. that's what I because I, I was like. <laughs> I swear that's her dad's account, not her mum's, because it sounds like more like something, <laughs> know. you know? Yeah, so um, he's great, and um, so keen to have him as a listener. <laughs> mm, yeah, he'll be he'll become your number one supporter in no time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love, love that. That's so cool. <laughs> snap, Nat. Um, so last time we talked about all kinds of family law stuff, and I feel like there's so much more we could cover. Jess and I talked about this and we were like, there's, I mean, there's so many different kind of tangents we could go on. We do yeah. have one question from a listener that I do want to cover before I forget. Sure. <laughs> um, and this, because this, I was like, I've got my questions. <laughs> um, so this listener has got a will, but the company that did it through no longer operates. Is her will still valid? Mm, that's a good question. And it's quite odd. Um, that that's happened. Um, if a, that they don't look, no longer practice Well, if, it, a, it? if a practice shuts down or if it's like a, a trustee company or something that's done the will, if they're going to shut down, they should have let you know yeah. that they were shutting down and where your will was going. Um and yeah, where does everything go that they've been Well, so, on? you know, if a, if a law firm is sort of, um, if it merges with another law firm, it just goes to the new yeah, one. Yeah. If it just shuts down, then... I would have thought that the company would ask you to come and collect your documents. Um, so I would I would maybe try and find out if the company has merged with someone else. Because um, that happens quite a bit. It, it can happen, yeah. yeah. Like small practices or small companies might merge with bigger ones. Um, if you have no luck there, then to save time and worry, I would just go and make a new one. Because every time you do a new will, there's a clause at the top that says that you revoke all previous wills. Mm. So oh. um, if you just go and do a new one, it won't matter where the other one is, if it's still in existence, because you've got a new one. Oh, that's handy. Yeah. So even if someone in 20 years is like, I've got the will! If you've that's got... That's what you owe me! And she's like, sure. No, yeah, one. no, I made yeah. another one. Yeah, yeah so um, I, I, yeah, see if you can find it, but to save the time and stress, just try and do a new one somewhere else. Oh, that's good advice. 
What? I know that's a very vague question, but how much does that cost? On behalf of the listeners. <laughs> approximately. Yeah. Um, it depends what you've got, um, how straightforward it is, um, and also where you go. Because this person potentially has spent a lot of money on it already, Maybe. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, it's sort of like a contracting out agreement. Better to have one than not because it can be a nightmare <laughs> if you don't have one. Um, I would say more so if you die without a will, it can be an absolute nightmare. Um, so I would just say you can uh, – don't encourage shopping around lawyers because that's not a great idea, but you can find out quite a bit of information online and that is a – service where you can quite often get an estimate um, from a lawyer okay. for that kind yeah. of work. So, Quick question. Mm. Do you have a will? No, I don't, but that's because I don't have anything to yeah, leave yeah, anyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have children. I don't have a house. A house. Yeah, 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 I don't okay. own a house. So. Do you have a will, Jess? When do you get a will? <laughs> Wait, can you answer my Jess. <laughs> This no, is this is where I give you a slap on the wrist because no, you have I children. Don't either. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you have children, yeah. Um, so um, you should have one. Yeah, because I don't. So Nat, you have a house. Nat's got a well, house. So do you? <laughs> yes. I so do. anytime, if you acquire a substantial asset like a house, you should have a will because this is great to know. Yeah, because you want to make sure that. It gets dealt with appropriately. If you don't have a will, then there's legislation that says who gets what, and that may not be what you want. Okay, so say I die tomorrow. Yeah. Don't <laughs> say that. And both, oh, would that make you sad? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> do you know what? Because I, I used to do I used to do wills um, in my old job, and there were times when I'd have meetings with clients and I'd be talking to them, what do you want to happen when you die? And they nice. would cry <laughs> because they didn't like thinking about it. And it's... But then there's some people who are like, I want this at my funeral, yeah. you know, I want to do this. And so, they, they talk yeah. so confidently about it. I so. think maybe that's where I'm at. It's just yeah. not something. I th- and does that mm. put a lot of people off doing a will? It's, it's sort of like they don't really yeah, want to talk it, like think about it. It's one of those things, though, where it sort of it goes hand in hand with a lot of other services you might go to a lawyer for. Yeah. Um, like... If I'm doing a separation, I get my clients to do a new will when mm. it's all sorted. Um, if I'm doing a contracting out agreement, um, contracting out agreements might have arrangements in there for what happens if one of them dies before the other, so we need to do the will. Ah. Um, if you buy a house, quite often your lawyer will say we need to do a will. Um, mm. You might also need powers of attorney as well at the same time. So it kind of goes hand in hand with a lot of other mm. things. Mm. So better to do it. And it can probably just be put in the drawer and you don't have to look at it again until something changes in your life. Like, um, you know, if you do, if you have a will, but then you might have a child where you might want to update your will or, you know, if you do separate, you want to update it because you probably want to take your ex out of the will, you know, Mm. or something like that. Um, See, because it's one of those things where I've, like, I've thought about doing it, you know. Mm. I think less so just because I don't have children, but I have thought about, like, I should do that, or even a contracting agreement as well. But it's one of those things that, you know when you have a million things on, you know what I mean? It gets put to the bottom of the to-do list. It does. It really does. And I know it's not good, Mm. but, like, I feel like there's so, like, I need to go to the dentist. Mm. And I've been putting, because I go every year, right, and I've been putting it off for ages, and I finally made an appointment, and that in itself took, like, three months. Mm. (laughs) Well, it is also one of those things, too, where you go, oh, I'll be all right, though. But that's, but then you're <laughs> but will not. you? 
Yeah. yeah, until you're not. So I guess you, yeah, mm-hmm. you don't want that. And the other thing that for me is, is a factor is, well, I don't know how much to account for it in terms of money. Like, do I need to budget for it? Do I need to save for it? Like, I don't know how much to oh, expect. Getting, like, how much you to need pay to pay to get the will. Yeah, yeah, right, to okay. go to, through That's that That's why whole she's process. asking mm. for kind of estimators. Sort of yeah. yeah, I'm asking for a mate. Can I fit it into my budget? <laughs> I'll, I'll slip you a, a business card. We can talk <laughs> we can later. later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Give me a quote for a will. Yeah. Um, look, I don't, um, it's one of those things where, generally speaking it's not the most expensive service you'll go to a lawyer for but at the same time if you're in a situation where you've got some complex arrangements I don't think that's you you know have a complex property pool or you know no idea I've got about 20 properties (laughs) um but you know like there's like there's there's no if there's not going to be any specific complicating factors, it's not going to be the most expensive. It'll be straightforward. Okay. It could be, but it depends. Yeah, I know you have to say There's always always a caveat, you know, you never know. I'm not, if I was to be, if I was the the lawyer that says, wills are really cheap, any lawyer that does wills would, you know, give me a slap on the hand and say, Lily, why did you say that? That's not true. You did did say it's not the most expensive thing that you can see a lawyer for. Mm. What is? Litigation. Litigation, going to court. So, like, stuff that I do can be the most expensive. Or sometimes if you're, like, there's corporate or commercial things going on. Mm. But generally, if it's things where you don't have a set end date. Like, you think about buying a house. You know, so you... The end date date is is when you... Settlement date for the house. Yeah. So, and it's quite... There's quite a few clear steps. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, And so you can generally have an idea of how long it's going to take and, you know, lawyers can give you an idea of what it's going to cost. But if you genuinely don't know what's going to happen, when it's going to end, how much it's going to escalate, you just... Like a divorce? Possibly. That would be an example. Possibly. I guess if you're, yeah, if you're arguing about something and you can't really come to an agreement. Yeah, it can just continue. It can continue to escalate. And then if you go into court, you know, and you can't agree, it can just keep, because the lawyers, the, this, I mentioned this last time, but you know, if we just record our time on an hourly basis. So anytime we have to do work, we say we record what we did. Mm. Um, And then you get your bill and there's, a narration on there that says everything that we did over the course of the month, you know. So mm. it just it can keep building and building and building. So, um, yeah, not great. Very expensive. Yeah, let's not do that. Let's not do that. Let's avoid that. <laughs> okay. Yep. Good to know. We like. Do maybe, you have yep. any other questions on wills? Uh, no, not on wills. Um, I might add that to my to do list. That is what I thought. But it is exactly like you said. It's kind of one of those like another thing to add, add to the to do list. Mm. I am good with the dentist. That's what mm. I will say in my defence. Okay. Do you want? to compete? Well, <laughs> well, but this is kind of what I was thinking is that I'm good with the dentist because, like, if I'm not, I feel that. Mm. If I'm not good with my will and I die, you won't. I know. That's oh, that's no. true. Yeah. You're not the only one that thinks that because people say it's not going to matter because I'm going to be dead. Yeah. But you leave people behind. I've heard people say that. I've heard people you say that. You leave people this behind. This is good clarification <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. What's the next question, Nat? <laughs> Would you like me to ask? 
what I wanted to... No, I've got some questions there just in case I run okay. out of content, but I don't feel like we will. Okay, you have uh, lots of questions. <laughs> good, 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 good. <laughs> no, I just thought, and you thought this as well, but I thought we could go a little bit. I know you don't specifically do harassment, mm-hmm. but it's something that you've helped me with. <laughs> yes, it so is. to me, you're my expert. <laughs> I'm happy to be your go-to for that, but I don't want you to have to... Keep coming back to no, me. Neither. Yeah. Neither. Yeah. Stop no attracting more. harassers. <laughs> <laughs> Enough already. <laughs> yeah. How do you do that? <laughs> Listen. Top tips. Uh-huh. I would love talk. to know. You've got harassers too. I would love to know. <laughs> What's the difference between stalking and harassment? They're mm. the same thing. Okay. So um, stalking is a type of harassment. Um, it's one of the. Um, behaviours that a, a court would look at as being a, a, a harassing behaviour. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What is stalking? <laughs> what is stalking? Mm-hmm. That's such a broad question. Sorry. Um, I could Google it. <laughs> well, um, you don't have to say I don't, you don't, I don't know don't, Well, I don't think there is an actual legal definition, but obviously okay. just being... Uh, followed when you don't want to be followed, mm. it would be classified as as stalking. Yeah. yeah. So you know those two girls. <laughs> I do. Yes. I listened to your podcast about it, but yeah. we also spoke about it yeah, briefly. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, that was odd, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> well, look. Do you like- we like get Lily in for the second time, and we just unleash. We're just I feel like, like I'm coming in for commentary. You guys have been through some stuff, you know. Sports. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, that was very concerning behaviour, um, and there's two sides to it. One, I was concerned about the phone call to you. Yeah, yeah, well, big time because, because of, of what, previous yeah, stalker, because what yeah. we'd been involved with, and yes, that yeah. that upset me. So I can't um, imagine how much it upset you because I can totally imagine how. I started carrying a um, a self defense pen after that. <laughs> Again, I'm not surprised <laughs> um, at all. I'm laughing um, because, because how I we can laugh about it now. She's, la- but, she's laughing because she's awkward. Is what yeah, she's yeah, but yeah. then. Just for you, the coming around to your house and also the messaging your son, that was... Sons. Sons, mm. both. Awful. Mm. Awful. That it crosses a line. Mm. And so, like, we were talking just before about, um, so there are certain behaviours that um, or certain activities, um, incidents that can be classified as harassing behaviour. Mm. Both of those can be classified as harassing behaviour. So um, you guys definitely, I think you handled it um, the best way that you could in the circumstances. Um, And I think that ultimately it's sort of been a a good outcome um, for for everyone involved, but it doesn't detract from how scary the situation was for you guys. Yeah, like I I feel for you, Jess, the most because you know, that was a thousand times worse for you than it was for me. What could we have done if it didn't stop? Good question. Mm, yeah, because yeah. I guess our, you know, kind of our course of action was to um, speak 
when we figured out who it was to speak directly to that person and family, you know, to Mm. try and kind of create some empathy and understanding of like, this is really distressing, please stop. And can we all get on the same page of making it stop? Because we don't want to take this further. No. But if it... If if it didn't stop, like what could what could I do? Yeah. What could we do? Given that there was, you know, like it was on, you know, coming onto my property, mm. turning up where we recorded, you know, all of that stuff. What well, do you and do? The, the messaging on um, inst- Instagram, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. 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 Um, so the options available to you, um, and caveat this is not legal advice um so you're looking at it's it's looking at um harassment and what are the options available to you under the legislation you could have pursued um legal action um which it's it can be good to do that if it doesn't look like it's going to stop because um some mechanisms can get put in place to force it to stop Mm. um but that's not a nice process to have to go through. But I think that's probably what you would have been looking at doing. Mm. Um, so what what are the examples? Of, of what you could do. Yeah. Or, or so probably um, if you can prove harassment, there's two prongs to harassment as well, by the way. There's civil harassment and criminal harassment. The main difference is criminal harassment is where you are fearful for your safety um, fearful for your, yeah, fearful for your safety. Um, civil harassment is just the other kind of stuff where you just don't feel like you're being left alone. Mm. Um, and it's encroaching on, you know, it's, it's encroaching on your life. Mm. Um, and in that situation, it could be the court may grant a restraining order. So that's what, um, that's quite often used in like uh, American TV shows and stuff is getting mm. a restraining order mm. against someone. So we do have them. Mm. Um, so those are real. <laughs> those are real. They are real. Yeah. Um, but so there's um, we talked about protection orders and family violence last time, and so that is a very similar um, course of action, but that's specific to when you're in a family relationship. Um, so partners or other family members or things like that. The Restraining order is for people who are not in that kind of relationship with you. Mm. Um, But the process for getting a restraining order is different to the process for getting a protection order. And so those, the the actual process involved, that's the thing that you have to consider is do I want to go through this process or are are there other options available to me that may bring it to an end? Mm. Um, and so what you guys did, dealing with it the way that you did, um, it meant that you could bring it to an end without having to yeah. go down that Which track. Was mm. yeah. It was, yeah. And so those options are really important to explore before you just dive in. Because sometimes if you just dive in, go to court, mm. um, because you think that's your only option, mm. it actually ends up being just as stressful going through through that. Sometimes yeah. you have to. Mm. Um, but you've got to sort of look at the whole picture, what mm. what are the options, what are the pros, what are the cons, yeah, um, and make that call for yourself. So, mm. yeah. What would someone, like, if we hadn't, and maybe this is not kind of within your mm. scope, but, like, if we hadn't have 
had figured out who it was. And I was just kind of like, I'm just noticing that, you know, like the street sign, for example, mm. like it, this isn't just, you know, accidental trash on my driveway. I'm not imagining this, mm. you know, like what what can you do when you don't know who's well, yeah, doing it? The, like, that was pure luck. That yeah, that it, was it was so The stars aligned, yeah. you well, know, that, my neighbour saw yeah. the number plate, Nat remembered the number plate, saw the car with the number plate and recognised the girls in the car. Mm. You know, like that, 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 the fact that that all combined at once is Within like freaky. two hours. Yeah, <laughs> that changed the course of everything, yeah. I think. Yeah. And I actually think for everyone's sake, mm. everyone who was involved, it was probably the best thing that could have happened. Yeah. Um, if you're in that situation where all of this is happening and you don't know who it is, mm. I mean, easy to feel quite hopeless in the situation. Um, but the first port of call is always the police. Mm-hmm. Call the police. Um, the police have got the two different numbers now. They've got 111 or 10-5, depending mm. on the urgency. But if if you've, for instance, you know, something had happened, you've come home and you've seen the, the rubbish or the sign or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and you did, still didn't know who they were, yeah. just call call the police. Mm. Because they they unfortunately deal with this kind of stuff quite frequently mm. so they know what to do and they can give they can also give you advice um at the time about things that you might be able to do to um help yourself or um other avenues you might be able to explore so mm. that's it's always an option I know it can be quite um you may think oh I think I'm taking a bit too far if I call the police because mm. you I feel like people have this tendency to minimize what's going on it's not serious enough yeah. Like what yeah, you did, yeah, yeah. oh, it's not a big enough deal. But actually, yeah. if you are thinking, do I call the police, mm. you should probably be calling the police mm. if that's come yeah. to mind yeah, when you think you true. need to speak with, with them. That's a good point. Mm. Yeah. I think the, the also the having the non-emergency number, you know, the 10-5 number is quite helpful. And also mm-hmm. you can do the report straight online. Yes, you can. <clears throat> I don't know if you remember, but I remember that guy <laughs> outside my home that had what did he have? Um, what was he carrying? Something that was threatening. I do remember. Yeah, like he was gonna. Uh, he was telling me to get out of the car. Remember, like I five a.m. Oh my god, a spade or something. A spade. Yeah, yeah, it was a spade. Yeah, yeah it was a spade. Because I we've got cameras, so I remember the image of it. Um, and yeah, so I did that on uh, like I you can upload photos and stuff on. Uh, the website. I don't think I ever heard back, though, if I'm honest. But I probably would have had I followed up again. Mm. Just but at least I probably I'll get, and at least it's it's recorded. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you you're giving them the information. Yeah. they'll they'll make a report of it. Yeah, so if yeah. something else happens, they can be like, oh, something happened at that property or yeah. that street as well. Mm. Yeah. So it is important mm-hmm. to report it for those reasons as well, because you never mm. know who else is actually going through these things. Like, you know, imagine, this is not the case at all, but imagine if somebody else on your street was mm. getting harassed by these people as mm. well and they had put a report and then the police came out and said, actually, this is your third person on the street mm. that's had this or, yeah. you know, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so that's a really good point. Thanks for that. Question. Do you, just in, in your opinion, do you <laughs> feel like the, that potentially we as women are more likely to minimise mm. distressing um, interactions or experiences uh, more likely than men to do that? Mm. Or do P- you personal think, opinion. Personal, personal opinion, opinion. Or do you think generally maybe it's kind of like almost like a Kiwi thing where we're kind of like, ah, uh, 
she'll be right, you know, that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say, hmm, it's a hard question to answer because I think it really depends on the circumstances you find yourself in. I think that um, if it if it's a domestic situation, I think that there can be a tendency for women to minimise what's going on. Mm. They can quite, I think women in particular, this is uh, me trying to make um, sounds. <laughs> what am I trying to say here? <laughs> women are very resilient. Mm. Very, um, They're very strong um, human beings. Mm. And so we just sort of, especially when there's children involved, just get on with things. Mm. Um, and that can include situations like that, I think. Mm. Um, and so I think they can tend to just... Um, power yeah, through. Yeah, power through um, and, and kind of get used to it. There's a, there's a term, um, battered woman syndrome, mm. for if you've been experiencing family violence in the home um, and you just become so... Um, Climatized to what's going on. Mm. You just say, oh, but that's just because this happened or no, but I, I did, did this, this. or mm. which is just not okay. But when you're in the situation, you don't really know anything else. You don't have a – that's your version of reality. And it's only when you come out of the situation that you go, oh, my goodness, look at what I put up with. Mm. I have had clients in that situation where they've got out and they've gone, oh, my goodness, what was I thinking? Or, oh, my goodness, how did I let this go on? For so long, and then they make themselves feel really guilty. And so oh, it's a vicious, it's a vicious cycle. And you go, no, 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 you, you didn't know um, how bad it was. You can't blame yourself. For well, this. and it doesn't start like that. Exactly. No, it, it doesn't. You know, it's, it's it's subtle over you know yeah. sometimes quite a long time. Yeah, and I think in those other situations, if you're not in a domestic situation, just generally speaking, I don't think. Otherwise, I don't think it's specific to men or There's women. I think I yeah. think that I think that um we we all kind of have a similar attitude of there are times when things happen you go, this is serious, I need to do something yeah. about it. Other times mm. people it's sort of like um you kind of learn about it in school when you see bullying and you need to speak up. People people go, Oh I don't want to get involved. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You know, I don't want to say something, but actually you should. Mm. Um so it kind of applies to, you know, any situation where you see behaviour and you go, this isn't okay, something needs to be mm. said. With domestic... <clears throat> Sorry, I'm fine. Um, with, <laughs> with, <laughs> with domestic violence as well, a lot of the time there's a lot of manipulation in terms of um, mm. blaming the person that is getting... Uh, gaslighting. Yeah, gaslighting, mm. yeah. Because, you know, it's like, this is happening to you because you did this, yeah. you know. So you can see how it can be a, a, a lot of, like, brainwashing mm. where you truly believe that you're the one in the wrong yeah. when really you're you're not. Yeah. It's just like the, yeah. 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 It definitely, it definitely happens. And because sometimes you see it in, um, you know, movies or TV or things and it's at the really extreme end. Mm. But it definitely does happen where just yeah, the their version of reality gets warped a little bit because their their perspective is getting influenced so much by this person that's just sort yeah. of controlling yeah. everything that they do and they say and they wear and everything. Just their entire existence gets so controlled Aww. that it just changes everything. Um, so that in that situation, it, it's really hard for those people to speak up or get out. Mm. Yeah. 
One of my questions that I had that kind of relates to this mm. is what legal protections are available for women that experience domestic violence, but I guess that's going down the route protection of protection orders. orders. Yes. Which is that you do a lot of that, hey? I do, yes, which is sad that yeah. I do. <laughs> I was just about to say, that's yeah. really um, So protection orders are really valuable pieces of paper, particularly for, for anyone um, who is escaping a violent situation. And I do want to make a note here that the narrative is, it's, um, and it's true that it sways this way a little bit more than the other way, but the narrative always seems to be the woman getting out of the relationship and needing protection. There are um, the opposite um, situations happening too, where men need protection as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That does happen. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, the way that the system works sometimes, it stereotypes the man as the violent mm. person and that's not always the case yeah um and so there can be some unfairness there when men are needing protection but um it's not being seen that way that's, um yeah, that's really yeah. But, yeah. but for women getting out of a out of, out of a relationship and needing protection you can apply for a protection order um if there have been instances of family violence, and we talked about that last time, about physical or mental or um, financial or other types of abuse. Um, and if it's really urgent, this is one thing that the system offers which is so helpful because sometimes you just you need it to stop now because if it doesn't, you don't feel like you're going to be able to escape or you don't know what they're going to do next, you don't know where they are, that you don't know what they're capable of. Mm. Um, you can apply to the court on what's called a without-notice basis, which means that you can apply for a protection order without the other person knowing straight away because the need for your protection outweighs the other person's right of reply. Mm. Um, so you can apply and then sort of within the day you'll get a response from the court about whether you've gotten wow. the order or not. You need a lawyer to do this? No, you can do it yourself. Sometimes, depending on the type of violence that's happened, it may be good to get a lawyer to help you with it because the lawyers are, they know what kind of evidence um, will be the most helpful because you need to provide evidence of it and, you know, the right um, kind of things to be saying in the application. But sometimes you don't have the money, you don't know, there aren't lawyers available, so you can do it yourself. And the forms are available online if you want to do that. Yeah, is it like on the police website or something like that? Ministry of Justice website. You can Google search protection order and it will come up with the website and the link. It's a PDF that you can download. Or you can go into the court building um, at the Justice Precinct and they will have the forms and you can fill them out there. But, I mean, I guess that's that's incredible for people to know that they don't need a lawyer for it. I know it's mm. preferred because you can really help them with it. Yeah, that can be quite scary as well eventually because depending on the outcome, um, so if you if you apply and you get a protection order, if the judge thinks, yep, this is serious, you need protection, they'll grant the order straight away and you get given it that day. And then the order will get served on the person um, uh, who has committed the violence. How does um, that get served? Mm. Normally, the, the <laughs> normally, normally the police. You've been served. <laughs> yes, is it like yeah. that? Normally, normally the police will do it. The, so they they go to this person's maybe house or work. they'll find them and serve them. Yeah. Um, once do they a, say you've been served? Um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't actually know. <laughs> I've never Sorry, been there. Dumb questions, <laughs> but you know, I feel um, like I'm doing this on behalf of the listeners. <laughs> I'll leave it up to, to I'll leave it up to you guys to imagine <laughs> while we're talking about this 
however so, dramatic you so want it to. What's the alignment between <laughs> movies, TV, yeah, yeah, yeah. and reality yeah. in New Zealand? Yeah. <laughs> um, once a protection order has been granted, so it's temporary, um, and it will be in place for initially three months. Um, the the other party, um, the person who's been violent allegedly. Um, has an opportunity to respond if they don't think that the protection order should be final. Um, if they don't respond to it, if they just go, oh. So they respond. Yeah. Respond as in like file evidence to say to the this court. isn't true or I didn't do this or, yeah. Yeah. Because so, when they've got a protection order, they can't contact the person. No. This is, so this is what I was meaning when it's a very powerful document. You cannot have anything to do with that other person at all unless it is by consent. So there are some instances where you need the protection order, but you may have children and you still need to be in the vicinity of one another to do changeover, or you may need to communicate because of an emergency because the kid's yeah. broken their arm and is going to hospital or something like that. So they can't message you, call you, social media, email? No, they also can't um, have anyone else engage in that behaviour to get to you either. So oh, like, that's have, right. Yeah. So it is so powerful. And if they do anything that amounts to a breach of that order, um, you can call the police and the police will deal with it. It's an offence. If you breach it, you can get arrested, um, charged, um, fined or sentenced, you know, worst case scenarios, sentencing can involve um, imprisonment. Um, so that's why it's really, really valuable to have it because you know that if they do something to um, get to you again, you can call the police straight away. Mm. Um, but they can defend it if they don't think that it needs to be made final. If they don't try and defend it, it will become final on the th- uh, three-month anniversary from when it was granted. Otherwise, you have to go to a hearing. And this is what we talked about last time, about having to go to court yeah. and talk about what happened. And, yeah. um, you know, you, you've filed all this evidence to say these are all the awful things that have happened to me. You then have to sit in the witness box and get cross-examined by a lawyer and all your evidence gets challenged, um, you know, this isn't true or you've lied or, you know, wh- whatever the lawyer needs to do to try and prove. And that's, that's, that's something that Lily talked to me about when the stalker was happening. Mm. And yeah. You were in the, <clears throat> and you were so good at explaining it in detail because you still like that. You are like, you'll be in here and there'll be this lawyer. They'll be, you know, challenging yeah. everything. And I was like, if I can avoid that, I really want to. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, where, that's where the discussions with a lawyer is really valuable because um, there are times when – if you're needing a protection order, the situation's so bad that there is no other option. And the lawyer will probably say that to you. There there will be nothing else that we can do to get this to stop Mm. because of however this person's behaving. So in order to protect you now, we need to do this. Mm. Otherwise, who knows what's going to happen. Um, But there's always the possibility if you get a protection order but you don't want to go to a hearing, you can try and settle things outside of court. There's there's so many options depending on the circumstances. But, um, yeah, it's quite quite a process for people, especially because it's very intimate details. I mean, you can imagine handing over to a lawyer you might have met half an hour, an hour ago, all the screenshots of all these messages and all the things that they're saying, and, you know, sometimes the messages can be very 
private and mm. personal and um, you know, you're having to give all these details about things that have happened and it's yeah, it's awful. It's really, really awful. But very, very helpful order to have yeah. in place if you if you really need if it. You need it. So your your own lawyer will have all of your stuff and then the other person's lawyer will have all of their stuff. Mm-hmm. When does that get when it gets filed in court? So then you can get their stuff. Too. Yeah. So we get you oh. get served a copy of um, all the documents that get filed in the proceeding because so um, say we go into Handy. a hearing. Um, I need to have the um, so I'll be the lawyer for the applicant, the person who got the <laughs> order. Um, the defendants filed a response or their defence. Um, so. I need to have all of his evidence or her evidence so that I can cross-examine them on it and try and challenge them on it. And, find and likewise with the other lawyer, yeah. right, because they'll try and cross-examine yeah. the other person. Yeah, so we're just trying to, we're trying to um, find the holes in the evidence or try and show that they may, they may have lied um, or maybe not lied, that's quite a strong word. They mm-hmm. may have altered the truth a little bit. In, what, in their evidence, or they may have a different narrative of something that happened. So those are the things that you talk about or you cross-examine people on in court is to try and you don't, you're do not you not necessarily on a fact-finding mission yeah, because that probably wouldn't get us anywhere, but you're trying to um, just challenge the evidence and um, prove certain points to try and get a, either a final order or no order at all, depending on which side you're on. That's where it's a lot of work for the lawyers, right? Yeah, you that's have where the that's so much reading to do and preparation, preparation yeah. to do. That's where the fees rack up is doing yeah. that side of things. Yeah, um, and it depends on the volume of evidence too. You know, you could have, you know, a couple of screenshots, maybe some emails, some photos, and that might be it. Or you could have pages and pages and pages and you might have family harm records from the police that you need to go, go through. through and yeah and then you need to remember it yeah you got to know where it is you got to know what page you got to know but like, what do they say <laughs> yeah oh so when you go to court you need to know all of that so when yeah you say, well because you've, you've, you've got it all there so yeah. I feel like this is like an insight into yeah, strategy. <laughs> um, Are you giving away so, too much? No, I no, 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 no. It's it's this is what lawyers have to learn how to do is just you know say there's a particular um, thing that you said in your evidence that contradicts what my client said. Yeah. So um, or no, actually, let's say you said something in one part of your evidence yeah. that contradicts another part of your evidence. So you've said two different oh, things. Oh, as a whole. So I'll be going <laughs> saying, you know, Miss So and So, you know, you've said this in your affidavit. You want to turn to page, blah blah blah. You said this. Yes. Okay. Well, then I'm going to flip to this page. You've said this, which is different to this, isn't it? So which one is it? You know. Ah! So. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel bad? Do you? Have- <laughs> Like, question, like, do you ever... Because context. But, like, do you, you ever... Do you, yeah, sorry, context. No, you go, do you, you go. feel bad when you're kind of, like, like going for the jugular? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, when you're well, kind of, you're yeah. like, oh, like, I'm here to win. I don't care about your feelings. Um, I So I haven't had to do that very often. So um, I'm not talking from a huge amount of experience. Um, but uh, it's not 
there are some lawyers that love going to court mm-hmm. because that's their though presenting those sort of oral arguments is their thing. They love doing Bread it. And butter. Yeah. Mm. Yep. And we need we need lawyers like that who love doing that kind of thing. I will go to court if I need to and there are times when I say, Yep, we have to do this. Um, but otherwise if we can agree outside of court, I like mediating, I like negotiating because I think that you can get an agreement that's better, better. for everyone mm. and also the person my main concern is my client mm. um so and this also links in with what i said last time about i don't let my clients views or beliefs impact my views or beliefs so there are going to be times when you are acting for someone and your views and beliefs don't necessarily align so your client might be asking you to do something that you don't particularly want to do but if it's not a breach of your obligations to the court you're not breaching your ethical obligations sometimes you need to do those things um so it's just reminding yourself i'm doing this as in my capacity as a lawyer it's not me as a person interesting yeah Mm. so there are times when you have to do the things that you personally may not want to to do or say um and 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 family violence proceedings too nobody really wins anyway or family law in general no one really wins Oh, that's sad, especially when there's children involved, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Um, it can be really, yeah, no one's ever going to be super stoked because even if you've got the outcome you wanted, you've still gone through a process you didn't want to have to go through. Yeah. So. And also the, the having to relive it over and over is mm. awful every time, right? Like that in itself you're you're going to be traumatised by. Yeah, and it, it, the, some of the evidence that you have to go over – um, in the courtroom in front of everyone can be quite um, confronting or kind of like violating in a way, like personally yeah, violating. Yeah. You know, I've seen things have to get relived in a courtroom and I think if that was me, mm. I would just, I would want, if I was a turtle, I'd go into my shell, you know. Like mm. I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. want to have to talk about this in front of all these people. I don't know. Strangers? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's just, you have to sometimes. It's just hard. Because that kind of, um, I guess, concept of, like, being violated again, mm. like if you've, if you've been abused in any way, physical, emotional, sexual yeah. abuse, is that then to have to go through that process is kind of like a re, um, yeah. you know, kind of um, victimisation of it. Yeah. There are things that you can do for a hearing, if you have to go to a hearing, there are some things that can be put in place to protect victims. Um, So uh, one thing that um, is quite helpful is um, the courts have, there's limited of them, so you've got to book them in, which is quite (laughs) funny, but um, screens. So the... um, You have to book screens? They've only got a couple. (laughs) Um, Sounds like it might be worth an investment. Well, (laughs) so you can imagine... So if you're the victim and you're up in the witness box, um, everyone's in front of you when you're giving your evidence, and that includes the other person. So that can be really intimidating and could mean that you um, don't feel like you can say what you need to say. So they've got these screens in place, which they kind of, the ones in Christchurch anyway, I think it's different around the country, but the ones in Christchurch, it's like a board that looks like the same material that the walls in the court are made of that oh. go just literally goes uh, is rolled in front of you, so that the um, the victim and the um, 
person who's been violent uh, can't see one another. Mm. So the person who's having to talk about what's happened to them or the um, yeah the violence won't be it intimidated. Would be so helpful. Yeah. Well, yeah, because even just like you know the looks that you can give one yeah. another, like that can be intimidating in itself. But you mm-hmm. know, even like seeing them. You know, when you go into um, I don't know, like some kind of. Um, group situation, right? And it's like team building or something and you get to go around the room and introduce yourself. That's anxiety provoking. That's like when when you're towards the end and you can just, you know, you start sweating and you're you're hard. What am I thinking? I just say my name. (laughs) Hi, my name is. You know, like that that can be, um, that that is anxiety provoking enough. Let alone having to then, like even just the sort of sitting in front of that many people that Mm -hmm. you don't know and having to, uh, talk, let alone talk about something incredibly traumatic mm-hmm. where you're very vulnerable. Why? I mean, buy some more screens. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Pass on the I feedback agree. to the Ministry of Justice. Like, yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> it seems obvious to me. Why would yeah. anyone want to, like, mm. you know? Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Smart. We're, we're, we're actually really lucky. Our ones are, um, are really good. They're not the same all around the country. So, like, quite often we hear, if we're at conferences, you know, we hear about experiences in other family courts around the country. Um, but because ours is quite new. Because um, it matches the walls, right? So it just looks Yeah, like I remember I was at a conference and they were talking about them. They sounded really, like, very different to ours. They sounded very sort of like flimsy or, like, or temporary <laughs> kind of things. Mm, and I was thinking, oh ours literally look like a slab taken out of the wall. So, well, And especially if what you're wanting to evoke is a sense of safety, yeah. Yeah. you know, kind of um, a bit of a sheet is not really going to... No, allow so you to feel safe. I've I've been in it. I went to a hearing recently where it was it was used and it did the job. It was mm. really helpful um, wow. for my client. Um, so yeah, I, I it did a, it was really helpful for her to be able to just say what she needed to say without feeling intimidated or like yeah uh, yeah it was really good. And can you imagine you know like those um, court hearings that are you know that that end up on the news. Or even celebrities, mm. like you know, when you were talking about, like, imagine all of your messages and blah blah blah. Like, you know, like there's too much. I feel that we can find online, mm. especially about celebrities that are going to court. There's too much that we can see of the evidence. Because yeah, you know how sometimes, like, what was the really big court case? Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Yes. Yeah. yeah like that. I know. Was so that's different. In New Zealand, so family courts closed. So oh, good. Um, the, what do you mean? Like it's after hours right now? No, like so it's <laughs> private in, and so p- oh, closed. Closed. <laughs> closed. <laughs> what did she say? I was like, is that what we're going next? <laughs> I'm going to take you for a, touch. <laughs> we're going to do a vlog and I'm going to take you on a tour of the court building. <laughs> Show me this screen. <laughs> I just, I just Who do I talk to about ordering I some more? Did she think we were going to go now? <laughs> I wasn't sure. Um, no, so it's it's confidential. So, um, like, the decisions and things won't get published. You know, right. evidence gets kept confidential. Um, Unlike the states. Yeah, so it's, it's very different. So, like, even um, <laughs> here, so district court. 
um, and High Court are public. So pe- oh. that's why there's reporting done on those cases that are in those courts because journalists can go in. Can no- you imagine one of your cases being in one of those courts and being plastered mm. around on the news? Yeah, it would be making me feel really anxious. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. like I, I, you know, whenever I read the news and I read about like all the evidence and stuff, I always think like, oh my goodness. Well, yeah, I, I went. Imagine. I went down to court um, last year and watched um, the some of the hearing for that mother. Yeah, we um, talked about that. Yeah, the that, South African. Yes, so I went down to watch. Not because I had any particular interest in the case because it was awful, but I wanted to. Uh, there was a there was a few of us who you don't often get to see as a lawyer. You don't get to watch experts get cross examined because that's quite hard to cross examine experts on evidence. So we went to watch for that purpose to just see right, how they did it. Yeah. Um, but what was just insane was there was a whole corner of the room. All the journalists there with their laptops and they're just typing away everything that they were hearing and seeing. And um, I can they film? Are they allowed to film? Uh, they had cameras in there, but I think they could only film for certain parts because there were some elements of the case that was still suppressed. Some right. information was still suppressed, but they made aware of all of those rules and things before it all happened. Yeah. But um, yeah, I could never imagine being in a situation as a lawyer where. Everything that you're doing and saying is getting um, reported, not because oh, of as being the lawyer. Yeah, 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 just because the issues are so sensitive. You know, um, I get that there's public interest in, in those things, and um, it needs to happen. But it is very different how court proceedings get reported here versus in. America, you know, Mm. in America you get lawyers that are like famous, you Mm. know, for doing (sighs) certain cases or acting for certain people and Mm. it just is a bit different over here. (laughs) But maybe that's a Kiwi thing, you know, we don't, um, we don't sort of um, report those things the same way, I don't know. You should sell a TikTok. Oh, I couldn't think of anything worse. (laughs) Sorry, just to take it back to um, not a particularly nice place, but Mm. that case was incredibly significant in Mm. New Zealand. So we're talking about the um, the mum that moved, the family moved from South Africa to Timaru, was Mm. it? And um, she ended up um, taking the lives of three. Um, her three children. Mm-hmm. Incredibly significant because that's also, as a society, not what we think mums are capable of. Mm-hmm. What kind of, like, emotions and stuff were you feeling watching it or were you very detached and in, in more of a kind of professional space? Like you mentioned, you know, it's it was great because they saw how they cross-examined the experts and, you know, kind of yeah. in a way it was, you know, so that was really helpful. Like what what was that experience? Mm. Um, I think uh, I've, I've while this was going on, I'm, I'm, I'm at a point in my career where I can separate my feelings about something from what the the law is doing. My feelings about it, oh, my goodness, it was awful. It was just the worst situation you could possibly imagine. And all I could keep thinking about was how the husband was feeling because he'd basically lost his entire family. Um, and then for the for, for her and then the wider family, just the amount of attention. But mm. at the same time, 
I can understand the interest because this is not something that happens mm. often. You'd hope it would never happen. Mm. Uh, legally, though, very interesting hearing the arguments because you don't know. It's very. It was very complicated. Okay. It was very complicated, and that's why it took so long. And there mm. were so many experts. And I, from what I saw, I think that the lawyers did a really good job explaining things to the jury mm. because like psychological reports and evalu- psychiatric evaluations mm. and medical information, it was a lot for you know a jury of her peers to understand and to understand the legal complexities behind it. Mm. So I think I think and actually what I did see, the questioning from the Crown prosecutor, who was a man, you would imme- you would assume that the prosecutor was going to come in and attack, mm. but mm. he conducted himself with so much um, compassion, I think. He just came across he wasn't he was asking questions in a way that wasn't accusatory. It was just I thought he did a really good job. Um, Do you think that might have been strategy, though? Because if he went too hard, then, you know... I would hope that... um, She appears vulnerable, which is not what they would want. um, Oh, look, there's always that possibility. There's always Mm. that possibility. But I would would like to think that um, that was just um, a choice by him, given the sensitivity of the case. So, Because this, this might be a really unpopular comment that I'm about to make. But when I saw the it come on, uh, into the media, um, I felt compassion for her. I have also moved so to the I. other side of the world with children and a husband who was not around. And I have to be honest, my mind went straight to understanding. Yeah. You know, which um, might be really, really unpopular, mm. but I felt heartbroken for her mm. that she felt like that was the only option but I understood mm. I think that there were a lot of people out there that felt the same way um, there was just there was a lot of information in that hearing and a lot of analysis done and it is one of those situations where no matter the outcome whatever mm. whatever the outcome was going to be yeah. nobody was going to win no, no one was no one was going to there wasn't a there wasn't a good outcome no matter yeah. what the, mm. the court decided. So um I don't I don't think that that's necessarily an unpopular opinion. I don't think so. Just I felt the same. Mm. I thought straight away about her, you know, mm. like you've got to be, you know, no one no one has children wanting to do this. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that you have to be in a really bad place. Yeah. And I hate to leave it on this note. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> no, and you can't. <laughs> Okay, we're about to go on a field trip to the family should we court. All, no, should we all say one nice thing that we're going to be doing okay, after this to end quick. it on a positive Great idea. note? Yeah. I'm going to run home and I've got class, uh, my professional development course class. You go. I'm going to celebrate my friend's birthday. Happy birthday, Kelly, for um, tomorrow. Oh, shout out, Kelly. Big shout out. I've got a kid playing touch and they're doing good. It's the semis. Yay! <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and follow us on Instagram at Babes Listen. Bye.